Sir. You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. That was The Untamed Youth with Some Kind of Fun, as also covered by Teenage Head. And today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Teenage Head, who are playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night at the Red Room. To begin the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show after Some Kind of Fun by the Untamed Youth, also covered by Teenage Head, I'm going to play a record that was sent to me by a listener. A listener mailed me this 45 by the Bickersons, a duo that argue with each other from the 1950s and 1960s. A listener submission on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. The Bickersons. Boy. The cat. I haven't seen him all morning. I think he ran off. He didn't run off. He's under the car with me. Where? Right here. John, that black alley cat isn't ours. Nature Boy has a golden coat. That's him. <laughs> I've been petting him. I mean, you've been wiping your hands on him. Okay, so I've been wiping my hands on him. I couldn't find a rag. You want to be ashamed of yourself. Look at that poor thing. Looks like he fell in a tar pit. Well, he had no business to come sniffing around while I was draining the oil. Put him in the washing machine. You insane man, I really believe you want to do away with him. How can you say a thing like that? You don't fool me, John Dickerson. I know what happened to the other cat we had. What other cat? The big gray one, Joy Boy. Joy Boy? You know, the one you said committed suicide after you caught him in the liquor closet? He did commit suicide, Blanche. Cats have been known to commit suicide. They don't hang themselves. He didn't hang himself. He got his neck tangled in a ball of string, and I was trying to unloosen it when you walked in. understand how two people can dirty so many dishes. Seems like the minute I get through with one stack, there's another. I tell you, John Bickerson, I'm not going to stand for this much longer. Every one of my friends has made at least one day out of John. John Bickerson, how can you fall asleep at the breakfast table? It ain't easy with all that talking going on. 
Wake me in five minutes, Blanche. No, you don't. You just get busy and help out. I'm tired, Blanche. That's just an excuse. Did you ever see that sweet young couple next door? Now, there's a husband for you. He waits on her hand and foot. He's an idiot. <laughs> he never lets her do anything alone. On Monday, he washed the dishes with her. On Tuesday, he cleaned the silver with her. On Wednesday, he ironed the clothes with her. What do you suppose he did on Thursday? He mopped up the floor with her. <laughs> he did not. Well, he should have. Listen, Blanche, I got enough problems of my own, and I'm not interested in that stupid couple next door. Can't even get you to do the simplest chore. I do plenty. I begged you to have the electric orange squeezer fixed. Did you take it to the electrician? No. Well, I didn't have to. I fixed it myself. How could you fix it? It needed a new motor. I hooked it up to the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> vacuum cleaner? Does it work? It works fine. Except it sucks up the juice and spits the pits in your face. What <laughs> time is it? You've got plenty of time. I'll have breakfast ready in a minute. I don't want any more. This oatmeal is plenty. What oatmeal? Where'd you get oatmeal? <laughs> what kind of talk is that? It was on the top of the stove. I ate the whole pot. That wasn't oatmeal. That was wallpaper paste. <laughs> oh, no. You promised to paper the bathroom this morning. Wallpaper paste. Now, how are you going to put the wallpaper up? I'll lick it in place. Blanche, <laughs> how can you worry about wallpaper when I'm practically poisoned? Oh, you're not poisoned. It's just flour and water. Go take an antidote, and I'll whip up a nice omelet. I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> be like that, John. I've already got the powdered eggs on. Now all I have to do is chop up the turnips and peel the frog legs. It's a wonderful dish. I'm not eating any powdered frog's legs. Just taste it. That's all I ask. Not me. First time I ever saw green eggs. That's from the skunk cabbage. I got the recipe from my mother. It looks like your mother. What did you say? Nothing, nothing. Look, Blanche, I'm just getting tired of these outlandish dishes you keep making. Like what? Like that rhubarb pie you made yesterday. What was the matter with it? Matter with it? Whoever heard of a pie two feet long? Well, I couldn't get any shorter rhubarb. <laughs> Let's have an understanding now, Blanche. I hate rhubarb, and stop making me seven-layer broccoli cakes and sheep soup. I never made sheep soup in my life. It's good, healthy possum broth. Yes, possum broth. Yes, possum broth. Just because I have a little imagination in cooking is no reason you should pick on me. I'm not picking, Blanche. Why don't you come out and say it? You hate my cooking. I don't hate it. I just don't understand it. You hate it. I tell you, I don't hate it. You do, you do, you do. Don't I eat everything you make? Then why do you always get tomain poisoning? <laughs> And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And that was a record mailed to me, Nardwarda Human Serviette, by a listener. The Bickersons of 45, round one, round two. And The Bickersons was an American radio program that aired between 46 and, say, 51. So that was a little sampling of The Bickersons. If you want to mail any records to me to play, feel free to do so. And we'll play them on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, an interview with Teenage Head to prepare you for Teenage Head. I thought I'd play you some Teenage Head related and some Teenage Head stuff. Right now we're going to play Teenage Teenage Head doing You're Tearing Me Apart. And right after that, we're going to play a version of You're Tearing Me Apart by none other than the Vapids, who actually cover the entire Teenage Head album that came out in 1979 from top to bottom. And they're also from Hamilton, Ontario. They covered it in the year 2002, produced by... Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, who I'll be speaking to shortly. Because, yes, Teenage Head are so great, we have to hear their songs twice. We're going to hear You're Tearing Me Apart, first off, by Teenage Head. And then we're going to hear your... Actually, we're going to hear Picture My Face, I think. Well, let's see. What are we going to hear? We're going to hear... Yes, you're gonna, we're going to hear You're Tearing Me Apart first. And then we're going to hear You're Tearing Me Apart by The Vapids. And then we might hear more double productions of both bands because we just love Teenage Head so much. And in an interview with Teenage Head on the Nerdwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, who are playing tomorrow night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Teenage Head.
Gord Lewis, I'm the guitar player for Teenage Head, uh, original member, um, and I've been doing this for 32 years of my life. Gord, who else is in Teenage Head? Well, we have uh, Frankie Venom, he's on uh, he vocals, uh, he's from the original band as well, Steve Marshall on bass, uh, original member, and we have veteran um, session Hamilton, Hamiltonian session drummer Jack Pedler. Good friend of ours. He's been we played with him for years. He's uh, uh, been around for a long time. Now, Gord of Teenage Head, where is Nick Stepens? Uh, well, he he's living in Toronto. He left the band about 1985, so even early 20 years ago. He just had enough. Um, he came back later, like in the late 80s, for about half a year, and that was kind of the uh, you know finish for him. He just knew that he didn't want to do this anymore, so he more or less retired. He was the original drummer. He was the original drummer. Yeah, Nick Spence was the original drummer. Great drummer. Um, we're still friends, so we still do business together. But he just packed it in a while ago. Who is Slash Booze? Flash Booze is a very good friend of ours um, from the old days uh, in Hamilton when we were first starting the band. Uh, he's a couple years older than us. Um, when we were first uh, um, you know, putting our, our repertoire together, uh, he's the gentleman who introduced us to artists like Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent. We really didn't know these artists. and uh, He uh, played us the records, I think, mainly because we were both to play a country and western bar in Hamilton. And this was back in 1976. <laughs> and so all we had was maybe a few originals and some punk rock classics, and we wanted to gig, so we said, what are we going to do? We're going to get killed in here. And then he's the one who introduced us to uh, this material. He says, here, you know, here's 20 Flight Rock. It's kind of country. You know, and, and you know what? We, we and the stuff's been in our repertoire ever since. And you've given him credit over the years, too, for inspiration, like on your records. You list for, him. For that, definitely, yeah. The title of the Disgust Teen was his title. Like, he was just a good friend, and just and he was inspiration. He, uh, he just kind of gave us, uh, opened up our imaginations and, uh, uh, and turned us on to a lot of great music. So, Gord Lewis of Teenage Head coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night to the Red Room. What's going on? What's going on with you guys? I saw on your website that you're going to be playing the Grey Cup. You're throwing out pitches at baseball games. What's going on with Teenage Head, Gord Lewis? <laughs> oh, just trying to be a little bit more proactive than we have in the past. Uh, um, 
We're just getting our, our a lot of our uh, older uh, re recordings uh, released and just, just basically trying to put our house in order. We've been doing that for the last few years, and so now we're able to be a little bit more proactive with our careers, getting out and you know doing the publicity stuff and, uh, and you know just being part of the community. You know we're all older, and so we enjoy doing those things and we appreciate it now too a lot more maybe when we were kids. Now have teenage had played the Great Cup before at all, Gord Lewis? No, no. This, so this is going to be an honor for us because we're playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cat Room. Uh, for the Great Cup, so um, yeah, no, we're, like, we're all we're all Tiger Cat fans. And what was that baseball game that you were throwing out the opening pitch for? What was that? Well, that's a league called Senior Inner County League. It's like it's a it's a it's a very good amateur baseball league. Uh, like the Toronto team has uh, actually two ex actually three ex Blue Jays, Rob Butler, Paul Quantrill, and I forget who else. So it's pretty good hardball. And uh, Hamilton has a team, and again, they're they're trying to you know they want to have a bigger profile for for the team, and so you know they're they're looking for somebody from the city that uh, might help them and so they contacted us and I said sure I'd love to do it because I love baseball. Gord have you done any more punk rock lectures at all? Hey, sorry, what was that? Any more punk rock lectures? Haven't you done oh. some punk rock lectures in the past, Gord? No, I'd like to do more. Um, I haven't. I, no, I might do. You know, it was fun. I'd like, it was, I was, you were invited to a university. Was it McMaster? And you yeah. did a little speech all about the history of punk rock. Yeah, I was taking some courses over there, and there happened to be one called it was a popular music course, and uh, I got to know the instructor, and I just said, look at you know, I see in the uh, you know the uh, the uh, the classes that uh, there's going to be a little bit on the punk rock, and I said, if uh, you want uh, me to say anything, I, I was there. I can, I can I can probably talk to the students and let them know a little, you know, some an eyewitness account, and he just took me up on it, so I did it. I was really scared, but I, I did it, and it was fun. Gordon Lewis of Teenage Head, is there going to be a Teenage Head biopic? A biopic. An actual oh. movie about Teenage Head. We have, that has been brought to our attention. There's a gentleman named Bill Phillips, William Phillips out of Los Angeles. He's actually a trans... Uh, uh, um Canadian. He's, he's, he's originally from Canada, and uh, he uh, he's been up a couple times, and it's it's he's just in its formative uh, uh, stages right now. And man, that'd be nice. I mean, really, you know, it's one of those kind of really obscure kind of things you don't you never think of. But so uh, we'll see, and that'd be you know, yeah, I'm hoping it comes through. Now, who would you consider playing Frankie Venom? Because I have a suggestion for you. Okay. Who would you consider playing Frankie Venom? Your lead singer of Teenage Head, if there was a movie about Teenage Head. Well, I always thought Hugh Dillon would might be the best guy. How about Nicholas Campbell of Da Vinci's Inquest? He sounds exactly like Frankie Venom. Uh, does he? Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I was more concerned who was going to play Gord Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know mentioning you. Who would play Gord Lewis? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. So that's kind of, like I said, it's a very obscure type of concept, which, you know, we just don't even, you know, it's hard to grasp onto, to be honest with you. However, Teenage Head have been involved with movies like you guys were in Class of 1984. Yeah, we were the punk rock band in the, the, the punk club. I forget what it was called. Uh, um, How did you get that movie? How did you get into Class of 1984? That is a classic. I love that movie. Like where the guy's arm gets sawed off, and there's Teenage Head. How did you get in that movie? Um... Again, they were just looking for a band. They were just looking for a, a name band uh, at the time. I think, it was, I think it was 1983 or so. And uh, I guess just through management and through agents, uh, we were brought into the picture. And, uh, and then suddenly so we were able to do the do the movie. Uh, that's, that's what I remember the most Gord, about it. Gord of Teenage Head, I have an email question for you, actually, from kishfan at hotmail.com. And this email says, quote, I went to see Teenage Head play at Molson Park in Barrie around 1978 or 1979. Right. They were the first punk band ever to play Barrie, Barrie, Ontario. And I remember them playing in front of this nice, idyllic little lake. Their speakers blew after one or two songs, and that was it. I would love to hear if Gord has any memory of that aborted gig in Barrie, Ontario. I remember it very vividly, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Ray Materic went on before us. Uh, uh, Linda put the coffee on Ray Materic. Uh, so anyway, and he was doing a folk, I think a solo folk act. So yeah, it was a very uh, calm, um, kind of not really the perfect place for us at the time. But uh, I do recall going on and playing. And you know what, I forgot about the blown speakers. But yeah, you know what, I do remember some technical problems. And I kind of remember a fight in the parking lot. and. Um, 
well, you know, just leaving and, well, another, you know, another gig. But I do remember it. I can, I can actually picture being in the parking lot, and I can picture Raymond Tarek on the stage, and I can picture the Celestial playing in front of the water. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, that's, that's one of the gigs I definitely have a, a you know, definite. How many gigs do you remember being the first punk band to play a club or to play that town? How many gigs do you remember Teenage Head being the first punk band, you having to explain punk to everybody? Well, to be honest with you, Nardware, I think uh, right across Canada, I think when we were first going out, because we, plus, plus a lot of the colleges and the universities, because at the time, I say around 77, we didn't even have an album out. Uh, we didn't have our first album out until 79. But for some strange reason, because of the punk phenomena, we were... Uh, we were finding ourselves in, again, like all these college and universities in Southern Ontario, and then we even found ourselves out on the East Coast in Vermucto and Fredericton, and uh, they're pretty tough gigs some of the times, but once we got going right across the country and going west, uh, we found ourselves being the, you know, the first band to you know, go into a lot of these clubs and, 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 and uh, kind of break the ground for this type of music, which, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of proud of. When I look back, I, I really do think that we were, uh, you know, the first, if not the first, the first band to uh, open up, uh, just open up the doors again I think for uh, this, this, this genre of music in Canada. When did you first play Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Because again you're playing tomorrow night at the Red Room and we're speaking here to Gord Lewis of Teenage Head. Teenage Head are playing tomorrow night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But when did you first play Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? What do you remember about that gig? I've heard reports of you guys playing Vancouver and you actually playing a country and western bar and Frankie Venom had his back to the audience the entire gig. I've seen reports of that. What do you remember about playing Vancouver? When did you first play Vancouver? with Teenage Head. I remember we did a week. We did three nights in one club, and I can't remember the name of the, the, the club, and then three nights in another. Um, and that's all I remember. I just I just remember being there for a week and playing three two clubs, three nights in each. But again, it was just very unusual for us. And I think it was our first tour, so we were pretty tired by that time, by the time we got there. I kind of remember the first time playing Vancouver, I did kind of want to just go home. Because we were, it was our first time. We were out for like six weeks, and we had never done that before in our lives. Was this before your first LP had come out or after? I think it was after. Yeah, it was after. I think it was, it was for Frantic City, so it would have been around 1980. Court of Teenage Head, your first couple singles and stuff are amazing. Now, why are there two versions of the Picture My Face Tearing Me Apart 45, one with the Maple logo and one without? One, sorry, with which logo? The Maple, you know, M-A-P-L. It's the Canadian indicator that something is actually Canadian. One oh, has a Canadian logo on it and one doesn't. You know, I didn't know that. That's I what I was that. curious about. <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Because um, picture my face tearing me apart, the 45. There are yeah. two versions, one with a logo and one without. How much thought was put into these things when you put together a 45 like that? Were you thinking about the Maple logo? Who was the label putting that together? That was you, wasn't it? No, it was Epic Records. It's really that was a really strange thing. Again, we were so young, and so long ago, it's hard to, to remember all the details. But for some reason, again, I guess at the time, the idea was to still put out 45s like single songs. Like that was still a concept. It's you know, you know, they talk about singles now today, but not really in the same concept. You know, same, you know, same, 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 you know, idea. Uh, so uh, th those were just two of our, our more popular our original songs, and I think the idea was to just get a 45 out there and just you know make people familiar with the band and how the deal got struck with epic records you know, that one i don't know because that's the only release we ever had on epic who was interglobal because one of the releases was on interglobal what was right. interglobal who was interglobal small independent company in toronto that was distributed by cbs um and i think they did have something to do with that original 45 and then after that we recorded a full-length album and that's what it was released on interglobal music and like I said, it was a small inter inter independent label. Gord of Teenage Head, what possessed you to do a cover of Gilbert O'Sullivan? Frank sings them great. <laughs> and loves them. And uh, Frank knows uh, uh, that's just one of Frank's favorite artists. Frank, Frank loves that type of music. He's, uh, he's uh, uh, very, very, very... Real Scotsman. There's a real uh, uh, folkish, you know, real heritage, Scottish heritage there, and so he just, you know, he's just really good at singing that type of stuff. So um, that's why we did it. Gord Lewis of 
Teenage Head. Why are there two versions of the first LP, the interglobal Goon Island one? Why did you let someone remix it as well? Like, why are there two versions of the first LP? Well, that's a, actually really, that's a great question. Um, when we put that first album out, again, it all goes back to just being very, very young um, and not having a whole lot of experience. Um, we hated it. <laughs> we didn't like it. You know, we, we wanted it to sound like the New York Dolls. It had to sound like Funhouse, and, and it didn't to us, to our ears. So um, when we got the chance to remix it, that's what we did. And, uh, you know, and uh, now as the time has gone by, I listen to that remix, and uh, I think it's the one that stinks. And it's the original, original mixes that we originally hated. Now I wouldn't touch a thing on them. I love them. And that's what, that's what we've released this year on Sonic Onion. Uh, well, it's our own label we started, but it's distributed by Sonic Onion Records in Hamilton Distribution. And that's the re-release of the original mixes of that original album. Now, your music has been re-released a couple times over the past couple of years. What happened with your lawsuit against Jan Haust for reissuing your first LP on CD a couple of years ago? This was without your permission, apparently? Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those kind of strange music business things. And, uh, you know, things kind of go on, like I'm sure you know, that uh, they're hard to, you know, a lot of people fly under the radar, and there's a lot of strange things. And unless you really got your, you know, um, you know, your feet planted on the ground, uh, you know, certain things can happen without you really, you know, knowing. And so that was basically that, that type of situation. And so we just got smarter. So you, you know, it's what you do. You go, okay, well, what's going on here? Well, I, I, it just seems like something I really got to know, so I better do some research, research and learn about this. So that's what we did. So is everything resolved now? Yep. That's why, we're, that's, why we, that's why we put out the, uh, the original, uh, the, 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 the album. And we thought, okay, now this is the time to do it, and that's what we did. Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, playing tomorrow night at the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Why is David Bendeth, the guitarist who replaced you while you were recovering from the van crash that happened, known as David Band Death? <laughs> that name didn't come from us. <laughs> I have heard it, though, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think David Bennett, he's, 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 he's a businessman. You know, he's, he's a good musician, but more than that, he's a, he's a businessman. And, uh, um, you know, musicians can tell when they're, you know, when they're working with someone who's, whose passion is music or their passion is business. And David's passion was business. It seems to be still really into the business aspect. He's a huge producer now. I was seeing that, like, he's even done stuff with, like, Elvis and all these up-and-coming emo bands. Have you talked to him or had any contact with him at all? Because he would work quite well with Teenage Head, don't you think, now? Because you guys haven't had some new music in a long time, so it'd be great to have David Bendath doing it, eh? <laughs> I've never... All I know is he's a big shot down in the States. That's all I know. And uh, he's uh, uh, When I saw his name on those uh, the Elvis uh, number one CD, uh, CD, I thought, wow, you know, there he is with the original masters of Elvis. I thought, well, that's... Uh, um, he's gone a long way. Um, the same thing with uh, John Roberts uh, for CNN. I remember when he was just interviewing us back in the late 70s as J.D. Roberts for New Music in Toronto. And uh, then uh, I knew he went down to New York and he all followed his career a little bit. And then, uh, you know, one day I'm watching uh, the news and CNN press conference with President Bush and there's President Bush. He's on a first name basis with, you know, John Roberts, this guy that was just like, interviewing, you know, punk bands uh, at City TV in Toronto. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you see people really uh, you know, venture out and uh, by getting back to David Bendeth I just think he's uh, probably a little unattainable at the time. I think he's pretty, pretty big shot down in LA right now. But you never know. Well, Cord Lewis, you've had many fans over the years as well, as well as many records, and one of the fans is a guy in the band The Vapids, or the entire band The Vapids from Hamilton, Ontario. But there was another tribute band to Teenage Head, wasn't there, called Teenage Kicks. Who were Teenage Kicks? Were they the first tribute band the teenage head? No, they were. Um, they, that was. Uh, they were just a really young, like really young, like uh, early teens. And um, they, I think they were just. Then they just hooked up somehow with our manager at the time, and um, uh, they were able to just play some shows with us. Um, but I don't think they did any of our songs, but they were just influenced by our music at the time, and they were very young. They had a 12-inch out called I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, produced by David Bandeth. And I thought it would have been Stacey Hayden and it was David Bandeth, was it? Okay. By yeah. David Bandeth, and it is on Goon Island. Yeah, that was, it was on Goon Island, eh? Yeah, hmm. And 
Also, on the other people's music re-released of your first LP, we're speaking to Gord of Teenage Head, it says something like, by arrangement with Goon Island Records on the back. So what is this Goon Island? Well, you're, you're asking some really interesting questions here, Nardwars. Um, <laughs> um, uh, actually, you're, talking, you're asking me music business questions, so I, I, try to, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound uh, uh, too, I don't want to be boring about it because uh, they are music business related. So, um, Goon Island was a, a label that we were, we started, we were told this, we started when we uh, were um, going to do the re-release. Of, uh, of the first album. Uh, and it was just a label that was started up as, we thought it was our label, but it really wasn't. It was our manager's label. We were, label, we were just told it was us. <laughs> so we signed a bunch of papers thinking we were starting a label, but we really weren't. Our manager was. We signed a lot of papers like that. <laughs> Gord's advice to the kids, don't sign the papers, don't right? Sign the, don't sign the papers, no. Make sure you know what you're signing. Um, yeah, no. Uh, and, uh, but, but basically, that's, th th those are issues we all resolve because we did wind up, to, uh, you know, getting those contracts overturned. So, uh, you know, it took 10 years out of my life to do it, but we did it. And uh, um, that's one of the benefits of longevity. You can take care of business a little better. Gord Lewis of Teenage Head playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Red Room. Actually, when was the last time you played Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Was it like 10 years ago? When was the last at time least, you played Vancouver? Yeah, we were trying to figure that out too, I think at least. I don't even think Frank was in the band at the time. There's a, like a three-year span where we had Dave Rave singing and Frank, Frank wasn't in the band. So with Frank, I I'm getting the feeling it's more like, you know, 12, 13 years since we played Vancouver. Who was Evan Edelman? He was a, he was a fan. He was a fan uh, who eventually got uh, involved in the music business. So he became, I think he became an agent. Um, and did for, he was a photographer. And uh, the original, he was just kind of like a guy who started our fan club, if I'm not correct. Out of Burlington, Ontario. Yes, out of Burlington, right. And he later went on to manage Platinum Blonde. Platinum yeah. Blonde. Yeah, I knew he got into the business. Um, and was that when Platinum Blonde was a punk band, the punk Platinum Blonde? Did you ever play with the punk Platinum Blonde? No, I didn't know there was a punk Platinum Blonde. The first seven inch, they were punk. <laughs> they were punk, oh. No, I just knew the glam one, the uh, the pretty one. That's all I knew. And I think he also managed to fit. Do you remember the band yeah, the yeah, Fits? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, yeah, he got involved in, uh, and I hopefully for the better. I don't know if he's still in the business or not, but, uh, um, you know, it's kind of interesting to see someone, just a kid, running your fan club, and all of a sudden he's managing bands and, and booking gigs and stuff. So I hope he uh, enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope Gord, it was good for him. Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, what did they put in the water in Hamilton, Ontario? Because it's the home to, like, two or three of the longest-lasting punk bands in Canada. Teenage Head, Forgotten Rebels, and Simply Saucer. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... Would you put Simply Saucer on that list? Teenage sure. Head, Forgotten Rebels, and Simply Saucer. Sure, why not? Sure you would. They were actually uh, even going before us, so uh, you would have to. And I know there's a, they have a really big fan base. Uh, it's a, a cult thing, but, you know, a, a fan base nonetheless. Um, and they actually think they sell a lot of CDs, too, that original CD. Um, a lot of people, even even in southern Ontario, aren't really aware like what a artistic community Hamilton has because it's known as just being kind of a rough steel town. And it is. But there's this whole artistic side to it. There's a, you know, there's an incredible amount of artists that come come out of Hamilton. There's some great schools, music schools in Hamilton. It's a, it's a, it's a very creative, artistic town. Our mayors have always been uh, uh, supportive of the arts. Uh, SCTV uh, cast members. Pardon? Aren't there some SCTV cast members in yeah, Hamilton? Uh, yeah, Eugene Levy and Martin Short. And actually, they both went to our uh, Westdale High School. We came from the same high school. Were you close enough in age to them that you might have no. actually encountered them? No, no, no. They, they, they'd be about five, six years older than us. No, so, no. What do you know? That's, it's, 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 it's a very interesting city. It really is. It's, a, it's got a real edge to it. I think that's one reason why, you know, the, the, again, the, the, it's kind of a punk thing coming out of there because, again, it's artistic, but there's an edge to it all because it just is. It's, it's, a, it's a 500,000 people, and it's a, it's a steel city. It's a working city. Court Lewis of Teenage Head, what do you know about Slander? They were from Hamilton, too, I think, but very little is known about them. They had an LP, The Hemi Conscious. Do you remember the band Slander from yeah. Hamilton? Yeah, I do, yeah. I don't think I ever saw them. I remember the record. 
um, yeah, they were probably pre, pre pre rebels. If you had to kind of do a pre forgotten rebels, they were they would be you know the first, the first of that hard edge punk thing to come out of Hamilton, and it would have been slander. Probably a little bit of heavy metal touch too. But like I said, I, I didn't, I never saw them or anything like that. But uh, I don't know how long they were. But yeah, no, that was. Uh, I would have to say they were more or less a, an influence on uh, Mickey DeSantis. Do you ever know what happened to them? Did they ever go on to any other bands? Do you ever see them around anymore? Well, you know, believe it or not, I think Ray Ferrugia was a drummer, and he wound up drumming for Junkhouse. Who you're responsible Wilson. for. You're responsible for Junkhouse, aren't you? Well, Tom said that, uh, Tom Wilson has always said that uh, he was a folky, and he said that uh, he just went from to rock when, uh, after he went to a Teenage Head show and saw that there was a lineup, and the people and thought, well, I think I'll not be a folk anymore, folky anymore. I think I'll, I'll get into this rock and roll thing, and that's, uh, uh, and he's been a supporter of ours for, for years, and on uh, the new Blackie and the Rodeo Kings, they're actually doing a version of something on my mind, on the uh, Let's Frolic Again CD that they just released. Another Hamiltonite is Kelly J of Crowbar. Right. He races sled dogs now? <laughs> Does he? I just know he's out here somewhere, isn't he? That's what I heard in Alberta. He races sled dogs in Alberta. Crowbar! I believe it if you look at him. Yeah, he's, he looks like he would race sled dogs. Like race sled dogs. Did you yeah, ever was... play any gigs with Crowbar? Like Crowbar, the ultimate no. 70s Canadian band. No, they were a generation ahead of us. We were just very familiar with Crowbar and, of course, King Biscuit Boy, Richard Newell. Um, but that was all very blues-related. And when we were starting, we didn't want. We knew that's not what we wanted to do. Not that we didn't have anything against it, but we were New York Dolls, Ignis Stooges, MC5, Montehubo influence. You know, David Bowie and all that. So, you know, we just we just went to another direction. But at the same time, knowing you know how much of an influence these guys are, and we did get Kelly J to play piano on our first album. He plays piano on Kissing the Carpet and does an incredible job. And plays harmonica, so that was our kind of acknowledgement to say, yeah, we, you know, we, we want to, we want to, uh, um, you know, be part of this, uh, this, 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 this music that's coming out of the city, and it was our way of just kind of, you know, bridging the gap there between the, the punk and the blues thing. Crowbar, teenage head, Daniel Lenoir, teenage head. Does Daniel Lenoir sing on Top Down? On one of the versions of Top Down, he plays the organ. He sings backups. He sings backups in organ. And he actually engineered and produced it. Actually, that's a funny story, too, because when we, we, we did that version of that song, uh, Daniel Lanois just had was starting Grand Avenue Studio. And, of course, we were from Hamilton. We talked about going to the studio to record. Uh, but our manager uh, didn't want to go with this rookie producer named Daniel Lanois. <laughs> didn't have the confidence in him. So we got we got Stacy Hayden to do it, who's very good too. But it was just kind of ironic that uh um well no, we don't want to use this Daniel Lanois guy. We'll we'll let him engineer, but we want to bring somebody else in. Who did he work with back then? He did some stuff with Simply Saucer too, didn't he? How many local bands did Daniel Lanois work with? Um, I think anybody that he would come across, you know, that's what he was doing. He was, he was, you know, he was, he was smarter than us all. He knew what he was doing. He, he, he was using everybody he could find, you know, lack of a better word, guinea pig or a science project or experiment, you know, and, but he was, you know, anyone who worked with him always learned. Like, it was always a learning experience, but that's what he was doing. And, of course, that's what you do, right? He was, he was learning his craft, and so, well, you need, you know, you need bodies, you need music to learn your craft, and so that's what he's doing. So he basically work with everybody that you could think of it coming out of Hamilton in the, in the late 70s. Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, you're playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Red Room. You've done many, many, many gigs over the years, including a tribute gig on your own to Johnny Thunders with Mickey DeSantis of the right. Forgotten Rebels. What was that all about? A tribute to Johnny Thunders because you actually played with Johnny Thunders. How many gigs did you do with Johnny Thunders? Um, three. Three separate shows with Johnny Thunder. Were you in his band or were you backing him up? In what aspect were you in the Thunder show? Well, Johnny Thunders, he kind of did the, 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 the Chuck Berry thing where he would travel solo with his guitar and maybe a, a guy that would be with him. And then he would pick up bands in, in the cities that he went to. And so just when he came to Toronto, uh, the promoter who always brought him in, Sean Pilot, would, uh, would get me and Steve to, you know, Steve, uh, Steve would play bass and I would play the guitar. And to be honest, that was the, you know, as much as Teenage Head is, uh, means uh, so much to me, I got to say the highlight of my career was to be able to play with Johnny Thunders. Um, 
see that 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 that's my mentor. That's the guy. That's the guy that I want to. You know, that I copied everything. I'm still playing the, the guitar I'm playing now is the one that he has on Too Much Too Soon, like the same kind. You know, so you know that he, he, that's how much of an influence he was. And and when I did meet him and 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 got to know him, you know, sometimes when you meet uh, uh, so you know people that you admire, you know, it's a bit of a letdown because everyone's just a human being. You know, but this guy, you know, he was everything that I thought expected to be. You know, and just a really great guy. So it was a, it was an honor to, to to know him and to play with him. Just curious, I was wondering, Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, Mickey the Sadist of the Forgotten Rebels has amazing hair, doesn't he? His hair is amazing. Yeah, he likes his hair. He takes very good care of his hair. What do you remember about that other Forgotten Rebel member, Chris Houston? Because he lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, or has lived in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada right. over the years. What do you remember about Chris Houston from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada right now? Like, like he was in Toronto, Hamilton at that time. Well, oh, I almost made that mistake, didn't I? I almost said Toronto. I've made that mistake before, where I've said, oh, Teenage Head from Toronto, and I understand that's not too cool, but I've done that, so I, I'm taking this opportunity to apologize to you. Oh, that's Gord, I'm that's sorry. Awesome. No, don't worry. We had to go to Toronto. We kind of had to turn our back on Hamilton ourselves at the time, because there was nothing going on. So, you know, we, we, we knew we had to leave Hamilton, because there was a little punk thing that was happening downtown Toronto with the OCA thing and the, the crash and burn and, and that. So we knew we had to so don't don't know that's that that's 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 fine because we did become a toronto fan because we had to that's where we had to go we're lucky it was so close we didn't have to travel across the country to get to it but um speaking of uh chris houston and we're speaking about the guitar that i still play he's the one who brought me into the guitar and he knew he was working at a music store called waddington's in hamilton and he knew that i wanted a guitar like johnny thunders and I guess some lady came in with this thing that was sitting in her closet for who knows how many years. And right away, he brought it over to me and said, Gord, here, you want to buy it? And I did. And so I'm still using it today. So Chris Houston, I got nothing but good things to say about Chris Houston. Are there any tapes or videotapes of your performances with Johnny Sunders when you're actually, are there bootlegs out there? Are you, are, are you on any Johnny Sunder bootlegs? Um... Not that I know of. I know we tape uh, the shows. Like I've got, I've got cassette tapes of, uh, of of all the shows, but there's not much we can do with them. We don't have any right to do anything with them. But they're great to listen to, especially the first one at Odecos. That was the first one we did. Like that was classic Johnny Thunders. Um, just. It's, uh, it's, it's great sound, but like I said, we can't do anything with them. Um, unless we want to do it as a bootleg, and I, you know, I wouldn't do that. And I don't have any visual. I, I have photographs uh, of, of it. Uh, it's just funny, at that time, people weren't bringing cameras. You know, I, I, still, everywhere I go, you know, I, I ask, you know, anybody says that they were at an Ontario place for that, that, that riot in 1980, everybody I ask, did you, did you bring a camera? No. Like, I haven't even seen a picture of that, and or let alone, you know, videos, and not even a still. I still do that to this day. Anybody says they were in Ontario, but I'm still looking for some sort of footage from that. Was there not any new music footage about that? There was nothing? No, there was nothing. No but there were stories after the fact, right. weren't there? post, post, like outside, you know, and stuff like that, and the police cars and that. Everything that was in the media was, uh, was the, the morning after. How about photos of the actual ride happening? Like, there's newspaper photos of people, like, running and stuff like that. Yeah, nothing like that? that? Yeah, there is that. Yeah, but there's nothing of us playing or the inside so of what was going on. So there's no proof you're actually there then, Gord. It all well, could be a well, make-believe, right? Well, you know, that's how legends go, too, isn't it? Like, maybe the legend was bigger. Maybe there weren't 20,000 people there. Maybe there were five. Maybe there were ten. Who knows? No, actually, you know, I do, I do have some. I do have, I, all I have is a proof sheet. I have no idea why I have this. And it's uh, all little tiny pictures of us playing in there. And, and you can see it's like claustrophobic because it was a, it was a circle. The, the, the old form was a circle. And the stage went around like a circumference. And, and there's all these pictures, and they're different pictures. But, I mean, all you see is people everywhere. Um, pretty fascinating, really. I, I, I really wish I would like someday to find some documentation of that. Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, I was just wondering here, winding up and speaking here to Gord Lewis of Teenage Head from Hamilton, Ontario, playing the Red Room in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You've talked about performing in 1975, and I've seen amazing photos, we're speaking about photos right here, of you playing in 1975, like wearing great outfits and stuff. Are there any recordings of Teenage Head from 1975 out there? Uh, yes, we, we do have stuff. Yeah, actually, there's uh, 
Well, we have like a seven-song seven demo tape of songs that have never been released. They're pretty rough, but they're original songs. They're us developing our craft and trying to write. Um, yeah, there are, yes. Um, it's just a matter of uh, doing something with them or anyone who's interested. That's one good thing about the Internet these days, that you, you know, maybe can put things, make things available to people that maybe we wouldn't put for commercial release. Uh, and that's one of the things that I would like to do. I was actually just thinking about that this morning, to be honest with you. Was, uh, you know, what, you know what, what, what we can do with some of these, a lot, a lot of this music, because there's a lot of unreleased music that we have, but it's, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, suitable or, 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 or for, like I said, for commercial release, I don't know. But still, you'd like to you'd like to make it available for anybody who's interested. Uh, but the internet does you know bring that and open up that option. So um, yeah, the idea is that that's what we're going to do, and that's uh, that, that site itself is something. What I'm trying to do with that site, well, the band's trying to do with the site is we're trying to. .ca. Yeah, .ca. Don't go to .com. It's .ca. Uh, and that's, I wanted to make it kind of a historical site, but also a current. You know, so you can, you know, if anyone wants to do research on the band or the era of music or whatever, they can go to it and then at the same time access current stuff. So the whole idea is to do current history and just kind of sandwich everything in between. What type of tunes are you going to be performing tomorrow night at the Red Room? What sort of selection are Teenage Head going to be bestowing upon Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tomorrow night? Well, we decided to stick with just the classics that everybody likes, Top Down, Picture My Face, Let's Shake, songs from all the albums, uh, a couple songs from uh, um, uh, an album called Head Disorder, which we just really liked, it really didn't uh, make its way out here, um, one song called Walking Alone, which we did do a video, um, we do a song First Time by The Boys, uh, that's a song we recorded with, uh, uh, which we're going to be releasing in August, the recording we did with Marky Ramone a couple of years ago. And we've just finished signing a deal with that with Sonic Onion to put that out. And that's kind of a 12-song, best of, kind of a louder and faster type of, you know, Johnny Ramone did that with Ramone. This is kind of a louder and faster teenage head only. We got Marky Ramone on drums with a couple new songs on it. And that's coming out in August. And Gordon Lewis of Teenage Head, have you ever met Herschel Gordon Lewis of Blood Feast fame, the director? Have you ever met Herschel Gordon Lewis? No, but I was wondering who he was, because I, I know it sounds a little vain, but I did do a Google search on Gordon Lewis, and I did see his name come up. I just wonder who that guy is. So, so no, I, I just know the name and know that he, he's a writer. He's an amazing director, sort of cinematographer, sort of dude, and he's put out some great sort of psychotronic movies, mainly from the 1960s, early 70s, and that sort of cool Russ Meyer, a whole bunch of great sort of vein, that sort of thing, Blood Feast, all sorts of this great sexploitation craziness. He, they have that magazine from a, there's a magazine called Psychotronic Magazine, has been out for years. It's, he's always in there all the time. This dude is a legend, just like you, Gord Lewis of Teenage Head. No, no, thanks, thanks, Dad. No, no, thanks for the info, because I did have, so where would I access information, like, I mean, it's his work? I think he has a website, too. Okay, so that's why I just that, that, yeah, no, yeah, thanks. Of course, that, of course, that's where I just go. That. Actually, if you go to the Internet Movie Database and you right. type in Blood Feast, it'll bring him up, and he's just got tons of stuff on there. And he's still alive and kicking, just like Teenage Head. Before I let you go, Gord Lewis of Teenage Head, I have to ask you: The Clash and Gado. What can you tell the people about your experiences with Gado, Canadian rocker Gado, famous for Let the Lizard Loose and The Clash as well? I have to mention The Clash. Our relationship with both those bands? Yeah, I was just curious. What are your run-ins with those bands? I know you did some touring with The Clash. Did you ever tour with Gatto? Well, Gatto, we just did. Gatto again, uh, well, great Gatto, but she's kind of, again, one of those generation ahead of us type of guy. And uh, we just uh, became friends. And then we decided to do a few shows a few years ago. Um, I forgot what it was called, the Royal Rumble of Rock. Again, it was just a way of uh, getting some work and going out and playing, and, and that's what we would promote it as, uh, kind of a wrestling thing, and uh, it would be Gatto and Teenage Head. And we have talked about doing it again, but, you know, just like you know, a lot of things you talk about, you don't actually, you know, it takes a while for them to materialize. And, uh, and to be honest, The Clash, I don't, we didn't really do a whole lot with The Clash, except that uh, my, you know, my admiration for Joe Strummer, I just, uh, um, I think he's, he's one of the guys, he's one of the real deals, and, uh, uh, he, uh, and I, I've actually grown to um, admire him 
kind of, you know, later on in, in his career, uh, uh, just for what he accomplished and what he believed in and his political views. Um, so he's actually becoming a, a, a more of an influence on me in my later life. Um, so, you know, that's my relationship with, with, with like, say, Joe Strummer and The Clash. And, of course, we, we both did Brand New Cadillac. Godo had the song Let the Lizard Loose. Did you ever see any nudity? With Gado, what was "Let the Lizard Loose" for the people that don't know? I don't know. I I, I don't know Greg that well. I can, if I, I have no idea. I think it was I, some I don't, sort of. I don't want to know. Yeah, it was some sort of super fan that would come to the gigs and let his lizard loose, and then let Greg play with his lizard, and his lizard was used by Greg to play the guitar, if you know what I mean. And his lizard was attached to his body. Well, well, you know, I would. Uh, I think I would avoid that if I. Are the teenage head super fans that come out like that? Are you encouraging the teenage head super fans to come out and let their lizards loose on Saturday at the Red Room? Uh, yeah, yeah, but not that way. I, and don't come near me if they do. Well, thanks so much, Gord Lewis of Teenage Head. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Well, well we're really we're extremely looking forward to this. Uh, we've been uh, working on this for a few months, and uh, uh, we're having a great time here, and uh, uh, just can't wait to get out there. Uh, and we're also, on the following day on Sunday, we're playing in Victoria at the Lucky Bar, and that's going to be recorded live. Um, um, because that's what we felt like doing, and so um, we're looking forward to that as well. Well, thanks so much, Gord Lewis, for Teenage Head. Why should people care about Teenage Head? Why should people care? Um, if, if you believe in surviving, you can survive, you know, in, uh, and uh, I, I think uh, uh, one thing that we have done that I can't say is we've never given up, and I'm not, you know, that's why I tell any uh, young musician or anybody that maybe would ask me something like that, that you, you don't have to give up. If you can hang in there, you never know what's around the corner. And so that's why I kind of like to tell people. And and, uh, and the same thing for, for myself. Uh, you know, again, I'm bringing up the Marky Ramon thing. Like, that was a dream of mine was to play with Marky Ramon. I think he's the greatest drummer, rock and roll drummer in, in the world. And then we also got to work with Daniel Ray. Marky Ramon brought Daniel Ray to produce the thing. And I'm serious. Like, six months before we did it, I'm looking on their website just kind of wishing, geez, I wish I could work with these guys. And then, don't you know, before I know it, you know, six months later, I'm on the phone with both of them and they're coming up here and I'm recording with them so you know it's uh, it's you know that just taught me it's okay to you know you can still dream when you get older you know and that was a dream of mine so it sounds kind of corny but it's true so you never you never know what's around the corner well, thank, well thanks so much Gord Lewis of Teenage Head keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do Oski wee wee Oski wawa holy mackinac tie cats eat em raw dun 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 Bum, bum. That was amazing! Wow, that's one of the best dude dudes ever. Thanks so much, Gord. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Well, it was a pleasure.